of her family were up north. She couldn't travel due to the, the trauma she um, experienced in the car accident. She basically was paralyzed on the right side of her body. She would drag herself, uh, you know, to her restroom, the kitchen, pull up. She would pull herself up and down her steps. She used a, never heard this before, she would use a piece of cardboard out of a box to slide down her steps so she wouldn't fall down them. But when she came back, she would pull herself up the steps to go in and out of her home. To me, that is, wow. that, that is terrible. Um, but we eventually were able to, and she was one I told her we were going to be able to, you know, through donations, um, through Amazing Give, we could do a ramp for her. And that girl sobbed probably, I stayed on the phone with her for over an hour. And probably 45 minutes of that hour, she kept breaking down. She couldn't believe that that was happening. It was a miracle to her. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode, a unique episode of the Independent Life Podcast. This is an episode where we are going to ask for your help. And it's not easy to ask for help, especially during these times, because it's financial help that we are in need of. And you'll hear in this episode exactly why we need this kind of help. There are far too many people in our community that are unseen, that are in their homes and cannot leave their homes. They are literally trapped in their homes. And this is killing people. This is killing our neighbors. Imagine if you could not leave your home without risking your health, your well-being, and your safety at great peril. What would your life be like? Couldn't go to work. Couldn't go to school. Can't go shopping. Can't see your friends or family. Can't get your mail. You're trapped in your home literally imprisoned in your home. We have well over 100 people that we're aware of, there are more, that have been trapped in their homes for some, for well over a year, for many months, and it is heartbreaking. You know, I get to speak with these people, the director of this program that installs wheelchair ramps into people's homes gets to speak with people and when you hear how crushing it is for them mentally, physically, socially, emotionally, spiritually, it, it leaves an impression. And it's something that you know, I certainly bring home with me and it doesn't leave me. Uh, understanding that there are people in our community, our neighbors, that are in these situations. And I, and I didn't even you know, have an awareness of this until I started working here a little over seven years ago. I think most people aren't even aware of this, that there are so many people among us that cannot leave their homes, are living in poverty, and can't afford a wheelchair ramp to put it into their homes to get in and out of it. And I think if more people were aware of this, um, we wouldn't have this issue. And so part and parcel of this episode is to raise awareness of it. And it's also asking if people are in a place to be able to, to give so we can address this need. 
our wheelchair ramp building program that's led by Mark Brisbane, who you'll hear in a moment, is one that for around 13 years has been putting in wheelchair ramps for people that cannot afford them, who have serious uh, health conditions that obviously are using wheelchairs and has been a godsend to these people. It's been a program that since the COVID pandemic has been severely impacted. We've had a consistent line of funding that we've received from local funding streams that have been frozen. They've been frozen since March of 2020. So the funds that we uh, normally would have to be able to go to put wheelchair ramps into the community no longer exists. And on top of that, the funds that we're able to get through donations isn't going as far as they used to be. So uh, an average wheelchair ramp in the past before COVID would cost us between $1,000 to $1,500, depending on how large it was. That same wheelchair ramp now is around $5,000 or more dollars to put in just because of the costs of inflation and construction materials, as, as you all likely know, have shot through the roof. So now we've hit, had this double whammy that we're facing to, to meet this dire need that's in the community. And so it's not easy to ask because so many people are economically impacted, but if you're in a place to give, it will go towards meeting a major need in the community, people in crisis, like very deep crisis. And, you know, we can be very transparent about exactly where, you know, these donations are going. There's many ways to donate, specifically in April 21st of 2022, where our center is participating in a donation, a one-day donation event called The Amazing Give. We're going to link up links into the show notes about if people are in a place of being able to donate, where that is. And if you're hearing this episode beyond April 21st of 2022, there will be other ways in which people can donate to this super worthy cause of helping people um, get in and out of their homes who just are are not in a place economically where they can uh, afford to be able to do so. And so we're going to have a conversation here with Mark Brisbane where he's going to detail what it's like because he himself, you know, is a wheelchair user and, you know, for three years did not have a wheelchair ramp. And and he'll talk about some of the, the folks that were able to get wheelchair ramps for and how transformative it is for their lives and talk also about the amazing community partners that are able to work with us to, to get these wheelchair ramps into people's homes. Because without them, uh, we wouldn't be able to do this. And, and they're sacrificing their own time to be able to go and put these wheelchair ramps in. And you'll hear about some of these wonderful people that are able to do this. This, this program is truly a community collaboration and partnership that is meeting the needs of amazing people in our community that are in crisis. So thank you for taking the time to, to listen to this episode. At the very least, we're here to, to increase awareness of, about this need in our community, because I'd like to think that we can eliminate this need if more people knew about it and actually then were to um, have their hearts pierced by the situations that our people are in and would be able to contribute to whether it's uh, blood, sweat, or tears, or treasure, to, to meeting this need. So thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode, to increase awareness about it. And if you are in a place to be able to help donate to this cause, it's a worthy one. I, I want to thank you. And if not, uh, I completely understand uh, we're, we are in very tough times. 
and uh, just hope that you can you know, take something away from listening to this episode with our one and only Mark Brisbane. This is a very important and special episode of the Independent Life Podcast. We are here with our dear friend of the show, Mark Brisbane. How you doing, Mark? Doing great, Tony. It's a pleasure. pleasure it's always here. a pleasure to connect with you. And for those that haven't heard Mark on previous episodes, Mark is our program manager for our five core services. He also is the director for our Building Ramps, Building Lives program, which installs wheelchair ramps into the homes of people that um, are low income and do not have the financial means to get a wheelchair ramp. They're a wheelchair user and are in dire need of a wheelchair ramp to get in and out of their homes. And the purpose of this episode here is to really shine light on the need that we have throughout our catchment area, 16-county catchment area, about so many people. There's so many people in our community that cannot get in or out of their homes, cannot get in or out of their homes, and are literally trapped in their homes. And, and oftentimes for like months, if not years, and it's heartbreaking to just realize how many people there are in this community that are in this situation. And uh, I, I fear that it's not just within our 16 county catchment area, but it's statewide, it's nationwide. Um, that there are so many of us, among us, that are just literally trapped in their homes, can't get in or out. And if they are, they're, they're having to ask family and friends or passerbys or personal care attendants to, to have to get them through the threshold at great risk and peril. It's just a really concerning situation and I uh, want to get into it with you there because I, I don't want to sugarcoat any of this. And so I want to ask you, Mark, if you could share some specific situations, obviously not information that would uh, identify anybody at all, but if we could talk about the situations and the dire need that's out there in the community of people regarding not having access in or out of their home, like talk about some of these specific situations that you've encountered throughout how long have you been in charge of this program? It's been like 10, 12 years? Yeah, almost 13. All um, right. Uh, and, you know, to start out with, being a wheelchair user myself, being a C5, C6, incomplete quadriplegic of 38 years, I, I understand the dynamic of the need myself. I experienced it myself at one point without having a wheelchair ramp for three, almost three years. Um, and the barriers that comes with it, uh, the isolation, it, it's um it's really tough on you mentally and then it, you know contributes to your you know your physical being also as well i was probably 21 22 years old when i experienced that never want to do it again until i finally obtained the ramp but uh, in these years that i've been doing this program there's been many times i've i've experienced um dealing with folks that are uh, confined and it uh, brings back those memories of of when I went through that. Um, well, maybe we'll start there with your own personal experience. So, um, you know, maybe if you feel comfortable, talk to us about sure. how, how you acquired your disability 
and then I imagine after you acquired your disability, those were the three years that you didn't have a wheelchair ramp access in there in your home. Yeah, well, at the age of 16, uh, a month before my 17th birthday, I had an accident, diving accident, which um, left me uh, paralyzed to um, uh, have to use a manual wheelchair. Fortunately, though, when I did come home from the hospital at that age, my parents, of course, I went to them. I did have a ramp that was built for me, but when I purchased my own home, it did not have a wheelchair ramp, and I did not have the means, and that's that's the biggest. When I say means, when you're low income and you don't have the money, I could not pay. I couldn't afford a ramp. I didn't have folks that would come build one for me. So, um, so when you own your own home, you, you buy your own home, mm-hmm. um, and you're, you're low income, there's no requirement from government public entities or anything else like that that would allow you to have a ramp there's just nothing like (laughs) nothing in the constitution nothing in there yeah it's once you sign go to the bank and and you sign on the dotted line on a mortgage it doesn't mean in there that they're going to put a ramp to the house when you buy it from from an owner Mm -hmm. um and that was the tough part it had steps so if i had to go to the doctor or, or have to go anywhere I had to make phone calls mm-hmm. or depend on a brother to come come and get me in and out. And it, after three years of it, it really wears thin. It's it's tough, but I uh, there's after many many ramps requests I've gotten from folks over the years, leading into this, if that's okay, Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a veteran uh, caseworker, a veterans caseworker, reach out to me and and um, basically told me this Vietnam vet living in a mobile home, and he never came to the VA. They had to do home visits, couldn't afford a ramp. They were trying to get him a ramp, trying to get him a ramp, trying to get one. Um, never understood why they didn't do it, but he just didn't trust people. So we had the funding at the time. It's been probably eight, seven, eight years ago. I called him myself and spoke with him, and, and, and through our conversation, he just couldn't believe that there was an organization that would do something like this for him told me he hadn't been out of his home in almost five years. Wow. Wow. So that's, that struck home, and I, and I, I reassured him, sir, uh, if you could meet me face-to-face, I'm in a wheelchair myself. Um, he came home from the war back then paralyzed, so it's been tough on him all those years, but I reassured him that, it was, uh, that we were going to do this for him, and it was at a time we did have the funding. Um, he's just one case. I've had many over the years. Well, maybe you know, before we go into other examples, describe me to people, you know, based on your three years of not having a ramp, you know, this veteran, you know, five years. It's a long time. And, and others that have been on the list. Like, mm-hmm. take people through what it, that is like, you know, emotionally, socially, to just not have access in or out of people's homes. I'd like to think due to the pandemic and the, the lockdowns and, and some of the distancing and isolation that people have gone through, maybe they, they, have a better, they can have a better sense of what that might be like having gone through that situation. But I, I would imagine that many people who do not have a physical mobility disability and don't have that architectural barrier of not having a ramp may be hard to understand, you know, what that's like. So, you know, maybe help to explain what, what that's like to not have access in or out of your home for years. Feedback I've gotten from people when I, I try to reassure them that 
that we're going to do our best in, in some way, some fashion to, to help them obtain a ramp. Uh, it may not happen right away, but the feedback I get from them is a lot of times is I'm afraid I'm going to end up in a nursing home. I know that's where I'm heading. Or I'm afraid I'm going to die. I can't get out. I can't be around people. I can't be independent anymore. What do I have to live for? I've, I've gotten all of that, and it's not from one. It's from numerous uh-huh. folks from a wide range of um, age and disabilities. It it, it doesn't it, – it, for the psyche, it, it progressively gets worse, um, and it takes folks a long time to readjust. I've, I've followed up with people even after they have finally gotten a ramp after months or a year or two years. Um, still – it's almost like they got PTSD from being confined I bet it, like that. I bet it. It's, it's certainly traumatic. They're beat up mentally. Yeah. That's a lot of what I get. Yeah. Um, and I can relate to that. It takes me back every time. Um, but, but I do want to add to all these sad stories, you know, I'm talking about, and they're truthful. It's uh, folks are, it all boils down to the almighty dollar. Without that, you can't get what that person needs. Um, and I'm upfront and honest with every person that reaches out to me with a request, uh, whether locally or in our catchment area, um, that it all boils down if we have the funding. Um, this is why we do what we do, and we keep doing what we're doing, uh, is to help these individuals that, that can't afford. Um, I, I, there's many times I think to myself, I wish I was a wealthy man because I'd pay for it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, or if I was, had the ability, as I've spoken before, I would we would go bang them out, build ramps, um, because of folks being in such a such a having such a huge need, uh, Tony. So I could talk about this for hours about people, so many stories. I do want to share. Here we had um, a young lady that was in a car accident. Uh, all of her family were up north. She couldn't travel due to the the trauma she um, experienced in the car accident. She basically was paralyzed on the right side of her body. She would drag herself, uh, you know, to her restroom, the kitchen, pull up. She would pull herself up and down her steps. She used a, never heard this before, she would use a piece of cardboard out of a box to slide down her steps so she wouldn't fall down them. But when she came back, she would pull herself up the steps to go in and out of her home. To me, that is, that that is terrible. Um, But we eventually were able to, and she was one I told her we were going to be able to, you know, through donations, um, through Amazing Give, we could do a ramp for her. And that girl sobbed probably, I stayed on the phone with her for over an hour. And probably 45 minutes of that hour, she kept breaking down. She couldn't believe that that was happening. It was a miracle to her. So, um, Well, I imagine, you know, as you're, as you're saying this, you know, one of the things that, you know, I'm trying to, put myself in the place of somebody that's in that situation that it's like a, whenever somebody loses hope yeah yeah and, and how crushing that could be you know to have hope gone lost and to think that perhaps there is no solution there's not going to be a brighter day it's not going to happen to me that just is so devastating and crushing to to one's spirit and and i'll, I'll share too um it's not once a week, once a month that I get requests. It's pretty much every day. To that every point, day. just for listeners, uh, as we're recording this on April 8th at <laughs> nearly noon, 
Yesterday afternoon, you and I are working late after hours. It's yep. like around 6 or 6.30. We're getting phone calls. I uh, got a phone call from a lady that's been waiting for a year and a half to get a ramp. Um, this morning, you got another request. These come in daily. And, and just to draw people's attention to the, the quantity of need that's out there, you know, our list of people that we know of, and there's more people out there than we know of within our catchment area, is well over 100 people that need a wheelchair ramp, can't afford yes. a wheelchair ramp, that are in dire situations, you know, with their, their, their physical, mental, and social health, and are just, you know, stuck right now without one. And, and so the, the need is very wide. And, and we want to meet all the needs of the people that are on this list. And it's a struggle just to meet a handful of them. And I've told you before, Tony, me and you are their last line of hope. Um, and that's tough. It's real tough. Um, because it, it all falls back on me as the liaison of our ramp program with Tony being the executive director. Um, he fields these calls too. So he, he's, we're both hands on with it. It, it, it is, you know, when, when, when I speak with these, these people in these situations and, and you, you certainly have more conversations with them. We bring this home with us because this is just like it's devastating, yeah. and, it, and people are going through trauma, and it's just so concerning. It's hard, I think, if people don't have like the interactions with people in, in, in a situation like this to really fully understand. I'm hoping through this conversation, yeah. it could be a glimpse into what that world is like to pierce the heart of folks and, and to, to have empathy. And, and then maybe we can help to leverage some of the resources that are necessary to meet all the needs of the people that are on the list here. I mean, there's so many people among us in our community that are in this situation. And you're right, it, it comes down to having the funds for the materials to do this. That's one piece of it for sure. And we'll go into the other pieces, but let's, let's stick with this one. So due to the COVID pandemic, um, we've had one of our funding streams frozen. This funding stream in the past has allowed us to uh, put in multiple wheelchair ramps throughout the community. And since 2020, uh, March of 2020, we haven't had any of the funds that come from this pot of money um, and uh, frozen. And so I bet by now we would have probably put in maybe 10 ramps from these from these funds and so we haven't been able to do that so now we're we've been cut off you know from this funding stream we're not able to put ramps into it and so now we're in a situation where you and i have been both working on other means of, of coming up with funds we've been successful through our state's legislature for having an opportunity yeah. to get funds to be able to put in more wheelchair ramps um, that's been very exciting but we also are reliant upon asking people to donate whenever possible. And we do have a fundraising a donation drive coming up called The Amazing Give, which will occur on April 21st of the year 2022, which people will link up in the show notes, can go on and donate. And all donations for this will go to providing a wheelchair ramp uh, for somebody who's in poverty, has dire health conditions, and needs a wheelchair ramp to get in and out of their homes. Exactly. So it's, it's, it's to a, a, a huge worthy cause. I just want to add to that. 
and as Tony spoke of, you know, 10 ramps, that's 10 folks that are still waiting. Um, yeah. And I, I've, I've probably, within Alachua County itself, uh, there's several that I have waiting. Um, but I, I do tell them it's due to funding. I, you know, I can't do anything until I, I have that money available, then I can. Yeah. Um, I can move forward then. Funding's huge. People are able to contribute to whatever extent possible. It, it will definitely go to saving a life, like yeah. building building ramps, building lives. It's saving lives yeah. in so many ways. And it's not just for the recipient, but it's for the people that care about them. You know, one of the things I also want to point out that's ha happened in tandem with, you know, these funds being frozen due to the pandemic, as everyone now knows, like inflation is real and it's hit the construction industry particularly hard. Yeah. And so what used to cost us uh, $1,000 to $1,500 to put a ramp in, that same ramp now costs $5,000 to put in. It's literally gone up threefold or more yeah. uh, on the bids that we're getting you know, to put in these ramps. So it's like a double whammy. You know, We get money that's frozen and now um, the materials to construct these ramps are just through the roof. It's a hard time to ask anyone for money. Uh, everyone's being impacted in so many ways economically from the pandemic. There's also sensitivity surrounding this ask. And at the same time, you know, if people are able to give, it's so appreciated because the barriers to getting these ramps into the homes of people that desperately need them are, are more significant than they've ever been. Yes. Yeah, I second that, Tony. It's, um, it's, it's, a, it's a blessing. I've said it in this word, used it, and it's the truth. It's a blessing once someone receives that because it's a relief. Now it's a door, it's an opening that they're not, they're not confined anymore. Now they have that access. So, so tell me about some of the reactions that you've gotten from people that finally, after waiting for a long time, do, oh, are able to receive a ramp. Like, what are, <laughs> what are some of the like ways that people have just uh, responded? To, I've, to I've that? had them several times bust out in tears. Yeah. I had one guy. He he, he was so excited. He, he just felt like rolling down his ramp. <laughs> uh, he told me that. You know, he he just couldn't uh, restrain himself. He just couldn't believe it. Um, those that's when it's the reward um and i tell folks when they break down crying when they have it i'm like listen i hey i'm crying with you yeah. that's a that's saying that makes me feel great it's like i see now you've gotten what i experienced at the age of 21 22 and i bought a little home up in hamilton county um how that feels it's like wow man now now life's beginning now uh -huh. i can get out and, now i can get out and do i don't have to depend on people, um, rely on people, and call people. I can just come and go as I please. Yeah. Um, uh, whether it be to the grocery store, to church, um, go see a neighbor, whatever it may be, go to work, all that good stuff. So, yes. I, I um, r recall some of the uh, elation that people would have, and, and not just the, the, the recipient, uh, you know, the, the resident receiving the ramp, but the family members. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the, the grandkids or the daughters or the sons of the recipient themselves, 
you know, just the joy, you know, of, that they would be experiencing. And, and it almost like would remind me of like, wow, this is what it's like for somebody to win the lottery. Yep. Like it was that level of like, you would have thought they won millions of dollars. The, the amount of, yeah, yeah, just, uh, just feelings that they, 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 they would have. It was like a new lease on life, you know, to be able to have a, a wheelchair ramp to get in and out of their homes. Yep. Yeah. So the, the, the funding is, is a big piece of this to get the materials in there, as is uh, another piece of this is the folks that we need to go put in these ramps. So our organization requires that anyone that goes to install these ramps is a certified in the area of construction, you know, that they got to, you know, have their GC license, you know, general contractors. They got to have insurance, you know, liability insurance, workers comp, all these other kind of things. We get professionals to go put in these ramps. And I, I want to acknowledge, you know, that we've had some tremendous partners that have those credentials and qualifications and heart to go into it. Because oftentimes the people that are constructing these wheelchair ramps are, are not getting paid. Or if they're getting paid, it is far less than, than what they would get paid for the other projects and jobs that they're on. And they're typically doing it after their business hours. So, so we're, we're asking people that already are running their businesses that are doing construction to do it on weekends when, when they're sacrificing family time or their own leisure time. You know, they're out there doing this because they got just tremendous heart. So I wonder if you could acknowledge some of the wonderful partners that we have that help to go install these ramps for the people that, that need them. Sure. Um, Custom Design Renovations, David Hillman. Whoop, whoop. Uh, he is, oh yeah, David is fantastic. Uh, Does a great job. His guys, David's been doing this now with us, Tony. Um, going on Long with, as I've been here. Yep. Uh, uh, well, let's see. We're seven years. At, seven years. Uh, yep. Going on eight. And um, uh, Amway Home Improvements, Ben, ben Amway, he's uh, great. Super cool. Uh, when Ben has time, he is more than happy to yeah. to go out and put in a ramp. These guys do fantastic work. You can uh, look yeah. on our website. Professionals. Um, yes, they're they're great at what they ADA do. ADA specs and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. It's all all uh, catered to the individual too. Uh -huh. uh, any special requests, those guys are really good about doing little things too while they're there. Threshold if they need it yeah. a certain way or steps. Um, I, I really appreciate those guys. So they really. They really do a lot um, in regards to helping us get those ramps installed. Um, as Tony mentioned, you know, after hours, weekends. So we, we have the, we got the manpower. It's just the funding itself at times is, yeah. uh, is tough to get, you know, do more for more folks. Yeah, and I, you know, I want to acknowledge their, their heart, their sweat, yes. and everything else that they put into to getting those ramps because they're doing it at a cost savings as well. So most of the nearly, if not all, uh, of the donations are going towards materials. Yep. And labor would cost so much if we were getting charged rates that, that people would get paid for to, to do this professional work. Here they are doing it at no or low cost for money and then their, their time, which you never get back. I know David and Ben both have awesome young children, teens, some of them, and they're sacrificing time at home. Yep. their family, you know, to be able to go meet this needs. And, and, and we couldn't do this without you know, these kind of community partners. I also want to talk about an, an initiative you and I are getting our, we're cutting our teeth on this right now. 
but it has to do with installing what we're calling modular wheelchair ramps. These are aluminum ramps that get put together basically like Legos and, and can be assembled and, and put into people's homes. Yeah. The value of this is that when the person that no longer needs this ramp for whatever reason it might be, is that these can be disassembled and then reassembled into another home in which another person may need it. So the idea being that one wheelchair ramp that's modular could potentially not just meet one person's need, but many other people's needs throughout the lifetime and life course of that wheelchair ramp. And we were borrowing <laughs> this idea from other centers for independent living that have had multiple modular wheelchair ramps out in the community and that have been used many, many times over and, and thus can be a, one way of meeting the need of the hundreds of people that are on our, our wheelchair ramp that we don't have the funding you know, to serve all people, but this could potentially be a way that we can certainly meet the needs of more people than ever. And I don't know if you want to talk about you know, just, our partner there yeah. that we're cutting our teeth on. You know, to be able to yeah, I, I'm super excited about it. Um, John Pachowski out of Tampa, He he's a, a vendor there that is, oh man, he's been doing this a long time and it's it's exciting because now it's a program that we can do some ramps, but also we can turn around, you know, once the individual's done with that ramp, that we can take that ramp and install it for someone else. So it's, it's paying it forward over and over. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. Um, me and Tony both, like I say, we're cutting our teeth on it, but we're going to dive into it and we're going to make it happen. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting this uh, new venture kicked off. It's already rolling and um, that kind of buffers what's going on right now within the community trying to get you know funds for folks here in Alachua and others that, that need a ramp still. So, But we're going to try to get as many people as we can taken care of with the funding that we have. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. You know, he comes to us as a, a person that's been already working with the Center for Independent Living for many years. Twelve. Twelve, 12 years. Yep. And he comes with a real good reference from another center that just really sings his praises. And the, the experience we've had so far with him is uh, li like David and Ben, he's putting in time and not getting paid necessarily as much for the labor, but it's for the materials. And he had talked about when it's time to disassemble the ramps and reassemble them, doing it for no or low cost, or if we need to store it in between reassembling it in another place, doing it for free. He just sounds like an amazing person that has a ton of value with the services that he's providing. So I'm, I'm super excited about yes, you know, the I potential of this for this program and where people's you know money, if they decide to donate to us, can go towards something that's you know, going to be enduring for multiple people exactly at, at that time so that's another piece of this and the other piece you know besides the the funding and, and besides getting the people to put the ramps into this is yourself mark you're directing a program here that's meeting a very big need in the community um, you certainly have been able to relate to people you know that are in this situation and be able to i think have a lot of empathy for the people so you know, centers for independent living that are doing programs like this, it's, it's a big value. There's not a lot of other organizations that people can turn to for it. And so I want to acknowledge you as like, this is also a critical piece because without you directing this program and leading these efforts, we would not be able to really coordinate, identify people. We wouldn't be able to coordinate the people that have the talents and skills and qualifications to be able to go into this and to be able to do this. So you're, you're such an instrumental part of this and piece of this 
I want to acknowledge you for that and also just give you a moment here to, to maybe hit some of the highlights of you know what you have to think or share about what you think about the need for this program and maybe the vision of what you have for its future in, in meeting you know the needs of the people that, that we have on our list. Uh, to me, it's a blessing to be able to do this. I feel like uh, I have a strong faith and um, I'm not afraid to speak about it. Um, the Lord put me in this position to, to help others. So as long as he, he sees fit for me to do it, I'm going to do it. Um, in regards to the program itself, uh, growing, I, I see no, no limits. Um, other funding out there that we can find. Um, I, I will say Tony is the man that, that makes that happen, um, but I see it growing, getting bigger. This, this avenue we're taking now, I see it branching out and growing larger. It can, it can get bigger, and we can help more people that's on, that have been on our list for such a long time um, and been waiting for such a long time. They got more patience than I do, um, but I, I, I commend them on it. But I do, in my heart, now that I see, after almost 13 years of doing this and this new venture with, um, you know, the metal modular ramps, getting them and paying it forward, I can see how they can grow and help so many more people. Um, and I, I'm really excited about that. That makes you feel good when you, when you get those phone calls and you go home and you take it home with you that people are having a tough time, that part of it kind of, you know, helps you. So I'm yeah. excited, Tony. I'm looking forward to it, man. I really am. I think it's good. So. I am too. You know, in the face of having, you know, money that's frozen and the cost of putting these ramps into it, you know, I really appreciate your enthusiasm, your inspiration, and hope that you have that, you know, even though we face these barriers, that we're going to meet the needs. We're going to figure out a way to oh, yeah. to knock down that list. It just – it just seems impossible to me living in the United States of America in the great state of Florida that there could be people in our community that are in these situations. It's happening every day. It's not acceptable. No. It's not acceptable that, you know, in this great country uh, that people are in these situations. It's not tolerable, in my opinion. That, that this happens. And, you know, I think it's a lo- largely an unseen problem. And, and physically, I can see why. How would people even know that this is an issue in the community? Because the people are actually not in the community. They're trapped in their homes. So I feel like it's one of those invisible issues yeah. you know, that uh, unless you're, you, you're experiencing it or you know someone that's experiencing it or you work with an organization or et cetera, I see this as an unseen issue that people are, are largely unaware of. And I, I, I would like to think that our, if our community was r- really aware that this was an issue out there, it would become a non-issue. Because I, I know the heart of this community is very compassionate, it's very empathetic, and is very giving, and, and would not allow uh, our fellow neighbors to be in these situations. And I think part of this is if we can r- raise a, enough awareness and uh, pierce the hearts of people that I know are very good in our community, that this issue would no longer be one. Yep, I agree, Tony. So if you so feel inclined and would like to donate in any way to this very important cause, there's always an opportunity to reach out to our center to be able to contribute to it, specifically coming up here uh, on April 21st. Uh, We're going to link up in our show notes how to donate 
But if it's past that date and you're hearing this recording, there's no finish line to this work. And uh, we'll always be more than happy to receive anyone's generosity. And we'll be very transparent about exactly where this money is going and who it's helping. And uh, the more people I think can really get in touch with exactly the issue and who specifically it's helping, I think it really helps a lot for people to be able to, um, you know, to be able to give in a hard time when it can be very difficult for, for people to do this. And, you know, we're very sensitive to that as well. So Mark, any other parting words, thoughts, or anything else to put a wrap on this? Just anything you guys in your heart feel to donate to this worthy cause is much appreciated. Not only to the center, but to the individual themselves. It's one of those things, you know, that if, uh, we're able to give, we'll also receive. And, uh, you know, to be able to close the loop on that, I want to just thank everyone out there who, who listens to this episode and feels so moved to give. One of the things that I invite all our listeners to contemplate and to reflect on is gratitude. If you're somebody that can leave your home and return home Without any issues, you're able to go right through that front door, back door, side door, garage door, however you get into your house. And you don't have to think about it. You just, you know, it's just something you you do daily, multiple times a day. Be grateful for that. Be so grateful that you can cross that doorway, that threshold, without facing a, a barrier that you'd be risking your safety to do so. Uh, and, and that's one thing that I've learned since working here and getting to know you, Mark, is that, you know, I have so many things to be grateful in my life. And, and some of the, the things that I had no idea that I should be grateful for, I'm now aware of. To be very grateful yeah. that I can take a, a simple but profound step to get through my doorway, to go to work, to go to the store, to go play with my kids. And I don't have to think about it, but now I do. And I think about it in terms of embracing a lot of gratitude that I'm able to do that. You know, I hope everyone that is able to do that, I hope you can recognize the gratitude in being able to do that because too many people can't. Well, Mark, it's always a pleasure to connect with you on this. I'm very grateful in the force of gratitude uh, to have someone like you leading this program and championing this cause. Couldn't think of anyone better to be doing it. Just very grateful for all the, the time, attention, the heart that you put into this, looking out for our fellow residents here. It's my pleasure, Tony. I've enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here, Mark. And until next time, onward and upward. Thanks for listening to the Independent Life Podcast, brought to you by the Center for Independent Living of North Central Florida. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe. And if you know anyone who might benefit from listening, share this podcast and invite them to subscribe too. For questions, suggestions, or if you have a story you'd like to share, please email us at cilncf.org at gmail.com or call us at 352-378-7474. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, support, advocate, and empower each other to live the independent life.